the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, 2, 4. He said, I, brethren, let's read it together could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to, as to, I have, verse 2, I have fed you with milk and not with solid, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are, verse 3, for you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, Yes, for when one says, I am, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not Cana? Praise the Lord. Okay, so we started from First Corinthians 2, verse number 14 to 15. When we looked at the natural man, we touched on the uh, Cana man last week. And today we are doing the Cana man. We want to see uh, how the Cana man comes about before we move on. So we looked at three kinds of men the natural man somebody say the natural man the spiritual man and the carnal man and we said that the natural man is not born again the carnal man is born again but he's not living like he's born again last week we talked about basic spiritual truth about the carnal man we said that the carnal man is saved somebody say the carnal man is saved but he does not act like he's saved, but he's saved. The carnal man, if he dies tomorrow, he's going to heaven. He's saved and secured in Christ. The carnal man behaves and acts in ways that makes him look like a baby Christian. So we said the carnal man operates like a baby. And we said the carnal man may be gifted. So spiritual gift does not explain a person's spirituality. A person may be very spiritually gifted. It can flow in the gift, prophecy, gift of healing, all of those things, and yet carnality is somewhere. So carnality is something that we all need to appreciate. And we talked about the fact that to be carnal means to be fleshly minded. Somebody say fleshly minded. A carnal person is sensual in his behavior, in his approach. He's a feeling person. A carnal person. He he's saved because he feels like he's safe. He's holy because he feels like he's holy. He, he gives because he feels like it. No, you don't live your life at the mercy of your feelings. You live your life at the impulse of God's word. Somebody say an amen. amen. So the carnal man is very sensual. Last week, my take-home point was the fact that the carnal man has too much of God in him to enjoy the world, and he has too much of the world in him to enjoy God. So he's, he's torn between two personalities. He is not himself. His attention is divided. 
It's as if he's here, but he's also there. And he's not able to live the life he ought to live. Apostle Paul diagnosed carnality in the Corinthian church by eight things. There were eight things that Apostle Paul used to identify carnal Christians. Alright, so we looked at eight diagnostic signs of carnality. Somebody say diagnostic signs. Uh, when somebody has malaria, he goes to the hospital, there are diagnostic signs. They check your temperature, they check a few things. Have you lost appetite? This COVID thing, they have all kinds of things to help you identify whether you stand there or not. And if you are very sensitive to those feelings, it can lead you astray sometimes. Amen? There are diagnostic signs. When somebody is functioning in carnality, there are many of them. Many, many of them. If I want to pick on signs of carnality, there will be too many in this house today. But Paul narrowed his own to eight. One, he said, these people lack understanding of their new status in Christ. They were in Christ, they were saved, they were sanctified, but they didn't know it. So they were living contrary to that. And then they had high regard for natural wisdom. These guys had high leaning towards natural wisdom. They believed in natural wisdom much more than they believed in the wisdom of God. The human wisdom was of greater value to them than the wisdom of God. Then we said there was a party spirit in them. If you go to the church of Corinth, they were divided into parties. The Apollos party, the Paul party, the Christ party. So they were divided. That's how it was. And then there was loose morality. These guys were losing, living loose moral lives to the extent that one of the church members was staying and living together with his father's wife. It's not like his father is dead. The father is alive and he goes there and comes here. That was an abomination. And Paul wrote to them, he said, listen, you guys are living below your status as saints in Christ. There was a lot of loose morality in the Corinthian church. And then they were also very, very widely in their approach towards resolution of matters uh, last week i walked you through when they have a challenge with a fellow member in the church instead of going to pastors or leadership to report the matter they will rather go to court take the person to court and then do all kinds of things and paul addressed that matter as well irresponsible use of their liberty was another one they were free but they were using their liberty anyhow they say, I'm free to eat anything. So they eat anything and they eat it anywhere. Even when others eating it will be a problem for others. They didn't care. And then again, they did not know how to walk in love. There was a lot of division, jealousy, envy amongst them. And then of course, there was a lack of reverence, general lack of reverence for God in the church. And you know, as I just talked about these things, you realize that a lot of them are still with us today. And sometimes when you join a church and you see that some people are living like that, you are like, oh, they are not saved. If they were saved, they will not do that. They are saved. They are blood-bought, but they have become carnal. Yeah. It's carnality that makes somebody come to a church of two hours, one hour late. It's carnality. Can I come to where you are? I was talking about the uh, Corinthian church. Now I'm talking about Embassy of Life. Yeah. It's carnality that makes someone feel that Sunday service is what he must attend, but midweek service is for other people. It's carnality that makes people think that giving to God is a waste of resources, but making investment towards your children's future is good. The Bible says, lay not up treasure for yourselves on the earth where moth and uh, rust do corrupt, but lay up treasure for eternal things. Am I complicating? It's carnality that makes people take their job more seriously than your church service. 
You see, your church family people are the people you have eternal relationship with. Every other person, your relationship with them is temporal if they are not saved. The only person you have eternal relationship with is somebody who is born again and confesses Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you are spiritual, you put value on spiritual relationships more than natural relationships. If you are more committed to your natural family than you are committed to your spiritual family, you are kind of can I, can I talk to you? You are kind of. A brother is in need and you can help. You are not helping. But almost people who are in your family and they are not born again, you every month, you are put them on a certain listen. You are kind of. The Bible said, as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those in the house of faith. Am I communicating here? Carnality. Carnality. Carnality is what will make a man say no to the Holy Spirit. Then when the Holy Spirit has just spoken to you, give this a specific seat. I just told you about an offering. The Holy Spirit will speak to all of you. And carnality will show in your offerings the one you bring. Yeah, because when you are spiritual, you respond to. I mean, at the time I'm in the season, I mean, it's not a season where I will naturally respond and part with $2,000 like that. No, no, no spirituality. You have to be sensitive to the leadings of the spirit of God. It's carnality. The carnal man does as he sees and he thinks but the spiritual man listens to his spirit. Am I communicating here? As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It's carnality that will make a man insult pastors and celebrate teachers, lecturers, doctors and lawyers. It's carnality. Am I communicating? Yeah. They are all professions. Great. But one has eternal value. Am I communicating here? You, 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 you. When you are Kana, you can go for a business meeting early, but come to church service very late. When you are Kana, carnality. You see, one day, the late Dr. Billy Graham, he said that the problem with, with the word is that a lot of people in church are not saved. That's what he said. But I think the problem really is not the salvation of those who are in church. The problem is that a lot of people in church are Kana. Look, this letter was written to a church in a whole city. And the man said, all of you are Kana. Are you not Kana? When I came to you, can you imagine? I come to a church like this and I say, I can't even get one of you to be spiritual. All of you are Kana. It tells you that in a church, the up, I mean, it's carnality that makes somebody sit in church and he's doing nothing. Young man, young woman, he has time for everything except time to join ushers, except time to serve children's Sunday school, except time to join the choir and sing. It's carnality that will make somebody sign up, but when it's time for rehearsal, they will not come. It's carnality. When you are carnal, you are preoccupied with earthly things. Your values are earthly. That's where your, your passion and your greater desires are for. That's what carnality does. When a person is carnal, oh, he's a very difficult person to handle in church. Carnal people create confusion in church. Carnal people create fights in church. Carnal people will not mind insulting leadership and rebelling. Carnal people, they, they create all manner of things. In fact, carnal people can be the most dangerous Christians to have around you. Are you with me this morning? Carnality. This morning, we want to look quickly at evolution of carnality and practical ways to defeat it. Evolution. Somebody say evolution. Now, when I talk about evolution, carnality evolves. Evolves when a born-again Christian refuses to grow spiritually after all the essential ingredients for healthy spiritual growth have been made available unto him or her. That's where carnality starts. 
carnality evolves or it comes about when a born again Christian so he's born again he saved uh, refuses somebody say refuses say refuses yeah refuses like for instance what are just all the things I just said the Holy Ghost is using it to talk to somebody but in spite of all that you heard some of you will still say no you know the children's ministry need your attention you have resigned from there you have resigned from the choir. And as I'm speaking, the Holy Ghost is telling you. But when you are carnal, you refuse to change. And that's what happened. Carnality is when a born again Christian refuses to grow up spiritually. After all, somebody say all. Oh. Say all. Oh. All essential ingredients for healthy spiritual growth have been made available unto him or her. That's when carnality starts. Carnality, that's where it starts from. Paul said, I, brethren, could not speak to you. First Corinthians 3. As spiritual people, but as to cannot as to babes in Christ. So the cannot Christian is seen as a babe in Christ. You know, there's legitimate babyhood. Somebody say legitimate babyhood. Say legitimate babyhood. I mean, nobody grows to become an adult overnight. I mean, there's a time, there's a time where a baby needs to crawl, and it's fine when the baby is crawling. But if you remember the video we watched last week, an 18-year-old person who had to be carried, an 18-year-old person who had to be bathed, an 18-year-old person who had to be fed, an 18-year-old person who had to be uh, assisted in many ways, that is an abnormality of maturity and growth. It's okay if, as I say, that, 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 when he is three, but at his age, 11 going to 12, if he say that, 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 he has to stop that joke. <laughs> or I will tell him that he's gone past that thing. Am I communicating? Yeah. I mean, there's a stage in your life as a Christian where we have to call you to come to church. There's a stage in your life where you have to call others to come to church. Am I communicating here? Yeah, we have to call you. We have to remind you it's Wednesday for you to come for service. We have to send you test message. That is, we are going to have fresh fire week, and even that one you ignore it. But if it was mobile money, you'd be rushing to go for it. Scandality. Are you with me here? It's so so important. Now, I want to make this strong point: carnality is not a step in the spiritual growth curve. It is a spiritual malady that must be arrested with emergency. Carnality is not a step in the spiritual growth curve. Somebody say it with me. Canality. It's not a, a step in the spiritual growth curve. It is a spiritual malady that must be treated with emergency. That's what it is. It's a spiritual disease. Canality. That is what it is. Canality. Canality is simply the resultant effect of a lack of spiritual growth. You know, Kwashoko, how many of us remember Kwashoko? Yeah, kwashoko is something that results in malnutrition that is largely a protein-based something. When a child is not well-fed with protein, they develop kwashoko, and you see that their legs are uh, uh, like one, and then <laughs> and then their, their belly protrudes, that kind of thing. They are not able to. It's an abnormality, and that is what carnality is. Carnality is not, it's not like I'm growing spiritually, and I start from babyhood, I come to carnality, then I go to maturity. No. You start from babyhood and then you grow into spiritual maturity. 
Praise God. Your spirit is born matured. It's not your spirit is not this. Your spirit is born complete because your spirit is one with God. Praise God. But when you grow spiritually, you allow your, the spirit, the spirit influence to dominate your life. That is what a spiritual man is. And that's what we'll, we'll be considering shortly. Now, spiritual growth is the God's antidote to carnality. To defeat carnality, therefore, we must pursue spiritual growth as a matter of priority. Somebody say spiritual growth is God's antidote to carnality. To defeat carnality, I must pursue spiritual growth as a matter of priority. It means make it a matter of importance. Because if you don't grow spiritually, I tell you this, you will be carnal. If you don't grow, you will be carnal. If you refuse to grow, you will be carnal. And you have to pursue spiritual growth as a matter of priority. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, desire, somebody say desire, the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It takes intense desire to grow spiritually. It takes intense desire. Spiritual growth can never be a reality in your life without intense desire for it. Somebody say spiritual growth. It's like uh, I'm just giving you core things. It, it can never become a reality in your life. Listen, I did a teaching uh, some years ago and I taught about the pathway to spiritual growth. I talked about the fact that it begins with a decision. If you don't decide you are going to grow, you will never grow. You have to decide. I've been a baby for too long. I've been taking offense. You know, spiritual growth, when you have not grown spiritually, you have offense. Your wife says something and for months it's still with you. Somebody did something against you in the choir and for years it's still with you. You're not growing. When you grow, you let go of things quickly. You don't struggle. You see children struggling. Ah, meet Asha and Annabelle. If you give them something, they can be struggling with it. This one wants to collect it. That one wants to collect it. No. But when you are mature, oh, take it. Maturity. I won't forgive. I won't let go. You know what you are manifesting? You are telling the whole world, I am a baby. Forget about your PhD. Forget about your, your, your consulting room and all the things that come with it. Your management office and all of those things. You are spiritually a baby. B-A-B-Y, baby. Now, I want to share with you five fundamental ingredients for healthy spiritual growth. Five fundamental ingredients, and I'll start them with F's so you can appreciate. I have 25 minutes, 25 minutes or less to do that. Five fundamental ingredients for healthy spiritual growth. Number one is food. Somebody say food. Say food. That's the first F, food. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? Grow thereby. As newborn babes desire what? The sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If you have to grow, you have to feed. Any child who refuses to feed cannot grow in a healthy way. You remember that the carnal man is likened to a baby. And for the baby to grow out of babyhood, he needs to grow as newborn babies desire the sincere milk. Matthew 4, 4. He said, Jesus answered unto them, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So God's word is food. Somebody say God's word is food. Say God's word is food. If you will stop listening to the child you listen to on radio and you sign up to the podcast and listen to one word every day, your mentality will change. Your spirituality will be sharpened. I'm not communicating here. You have to feed your spirit because you see, everything around you is seeking to feed the other two parts of your body. 
Radio is seeking to feed your soul. Alright? You are also feeding your body with uh, banku, akple, uh, teozafi, all of those things. You feed your body. But spiritual feeding must be a conscious decision. Nobody gets fed spiritually unconsciously or by osmosis. It doesn't happen. You have to consciously program yourself around me. This is what will be, I'll be here. And I will not be listening to wasteful political debates to waste my time. The word of God will be playing in my ears. I'll be listening to the podcast. That's how you grow spiritually. Am I communicating here? De- Job said, I have considered the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. Job 23, 12. Jeremiah 15, 16. He said, thy words were found and I did eat them and it was unto me joy and rejoicing of my heart. You have to eat the word. Somebody say, eat the word. Somebody say, eat the word. Eat the word. Eat it. Eat the word. You have to eat the word. The way you eat apple, that's your words were found. I did eat them. Eat them. Some of you can eat and overeat. You eat supper at seven and at ten, you are still eating. Yeah. But you don't have that kind of appetite for the word of God. Listen, mental transformation is a foundation upon which carnality can be stopped. Mental transformation. Mental transformation. I made this. Same mental transformation, which is foundational in overcoming carnality, happens through continuous exposure. Please underline the word continuous exposure. It happens through continuous exposure. Somebody say continuous exposure. Say continuous exposure. Uh-huh. Not one week, not once a month. You come to church one Sunday and you expect that you grow, you lie. Midweek, you don't have time. And you expect that you grow, you lie. Continuous exposure. Somebody say continuous exposure. You see, carnality starts in the mind and it's controlled in the mind. The Bible said to be carnally minded is death. So it's a mindset. A carnal mind has a certain mindset that is opposite to the word of God. That's a carnal mind. He thinks different from what the word of God thinks. And for your mentality to change, the information entering your mind must change. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. He said, I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Somebody say transformed. Now, the word transform is the word out of which, uh, that comes from the Greek word metamorpho, out of which we have butterfly that uh, comes out of the pupa. You know how it happens. Yeah, before the butterfly becomes a butterfly, he goes through a number of stages. I think pupa to caterpillar and from caterpillar to butterfly. Clap for me, I've tried. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what happens. That's how carnality works. Transformation, he said metamorphosis. So the, the Greek word used there, that's what it means. To change from one state to another. From liquid state to a gaseous state. To t- change from a solid state to a gaseous state. The three stages of matter. Yeah. He said, I beseech you, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only way your life can change is when your mindset changes. When your mindset changes. When your mindset changes. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18. He said, we all. Somebody say, we all. We all. Ooh, 
we all with open face beholding us in a glass the glory of the lord are changed the same word is a metamorphose we are changed into the same image from glory to glory so listen by exposing yourself continuously to the word of god when people see you they will see christ in you practically 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 that's what they will see why because you are changed into what the same image you are changed into what the same image so when you are not acting and living like christ it's simply because you are not exposing your mind to him listen there are three stages of spiritual development and growth when it comes to feeding there are three stages somebody say three stages one is when you are fed the first stage is when you are fed the first stage of growth and this categorization is based on feeding when you are fed by others Paul said, you are babies. I fed you with milk. That's the first stage. The second stage, you know, when a baby is born, the baby is fed. The baby must of necessity be fed. You cannot. That's what the baby must do. Number two is when you feed yourself. And that is the young man's stage. I call it the young man's stage. Because the Bible says in 1 John 2, 14. Yeah, I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abided in you. Where you feed yourself. Can you feed yourself the word of God? A lot of us can feed ourselves the word of God. You can't study the word by yourself. Before you study the word, of, you always have to rely on a devotional. That is not how a mature believer does. You have to always do a devotional. Devotional, devotional. No, devotional will devour your spiritual life. You need to come up, come up hither, and I will show you the things that must come. Sit, pick a book and be able to read it. That's why I'm doing this teaching. Just to help you appreciate the rich content in the first book of First Corinthians. Yeah, that's it. Pick a book and study the book. You see, these were not written as uh, individual chapters. So. When you read the Bible like that, you don't appreciate it well. It's a book. From Genesis to Revelation is one book. And it talks about one person. It has one theme. That's all. The central theme of the Bible is Christ. From Genesis to Revelation. Am I communicating here? So you feed, there's a state where you are fed. The second state, you feed yourself. And the third stage is when you feel you feed others. When you feed others, it says Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. He said, When for the time you ought to be feeding others. Can you see that? From when for the time you ought to teach others, teach others, feed others, teach others. You have need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. So some of you, you should be family shepherds by now. You should be a cell leader. But you are not. You are not. You don't have the time for it to grow yourself personally. Neither do you even have time to uh, help other people. That's it. You have to. First, feed yourself. Somebody say, I am fed. I feed myself. And I feed others. Now, if you can feed other people, you are a spiritual baby. In other words, now, that, and that's where we want our church to be able to come to. We want this church to grow up spiritually to the point that when we have a family day and a particular shepherd is not around, and whoever is around, we hand you the material. At the shortest moment, you can go there and you deliver as if you have been a shepherd all your life. Am I communicating here? Now, that's the vision of ELCIC. Yeah, that's a vision of ELCIC. It's not, it's not a come and sit and go. No, 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 no. That's, that's not it. You see, I told you that I, I'm beginning my ministry this year. I think I told you. Yeah, my ministry starts this year. Yeah. Jesus was in the wilderness, in darkness, without nothing for 30 years. And he started in three years, and three years the impact is speaking. 
So I don't see myself as a late starter. No, he did 30 years before he started. Studied, learned all that time he was going to the temple. And he was sharing some thoughts. But listen, I have never enjoyed God. I have never taught with simplicity, with ease, and with anointing. I have never felt God so close than beginning from this year. Am I communicating here? No, 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 no. Everything. Everything. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And that's the vision of the church I see. That's the vision of a church. So if you're a member of this church or you want to be part of a church, that's what you should see. Don't, don't be seeing yourself as sitting here and doing nothing and for years you are sitting here. You'll be left behind. Praise God. Because very soon when we meet, the things I'll be teaching, I will not be coming down to explain it like ABCD. No, 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 no. no. You have to mature. When you speak to a baby, everything you say, you have to uh, explain. You use a word. Vamoose, uh, you have to explain. Ubiquitous, you have to explain. You can't use certain words. Paul said, when for the time I want to say some things to you, I can't say it. I can't say it. You can look at uh, an adult and you give him an eye and he stops what he's doing. But the baby doesn't even understand it. Am I communicating here? That's it. Alright, so we will have to, my counsel is that, give attendance to God's word if you want to grow spiritually. Give attendance to what? Yeah. He said, till I can give attention. Proverbs 4.20. My son, attend to my word. If you don't attend classes of the word, eh, no marriage counseling will change your marriage. Hey, let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? Listen, no amount of marriage counseling can help you to get a better marriage than the marriage counseling of the word. When you are schooled by the word, grande baha. But when people are not schooled by the word, no matter the volumes of marriage counseling you give them, they will go and come back with problems. Praise the Lord. Number two, the first one is what? The first one you need for growth is what? Food. The second one is family. Somebody say family. Yeah, you need family. You need family. If you meet children who are born and they are not in families, and God forbid, if they are not adopted, even when they are adopted, you know, adoption over the years in advanced societies, they adopt people into families. They don't adopt them and isolate them into family uh, 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 What do you call it? Uh, children's homes. There's nothing like children's homes. Some people do it. But those who have grown and understood the concept of family no longer do that because you, know, you keep somebody in isolation like that, they feel odd. When a child is not raised from why is it that everybody is in the home with their this and, and we alone we have been isolated that alone affects their psyche am i communicating here so proper adoption is done into families a child is adopted into family that's why when god gave birth to you he gave birth to you into a family you are a member of god's family you are a member if you're a member of the church you are a member of the church also so you are a member of god's family somebody say i'm a member of god's family Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. He says, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's. You are members of God's. You are members of God's. Yeah. Paul said, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, of whom, who is the head of the family in heaven and of the family on earth. Hear me. Our membership in God's family provides us this is a quote you should note. Provides us with the love, care, and support we need to grow spiritually just as it is in the natural. 
in the natural, a child needs support to grow, right? Oh, talk to me. A child needs support to what? A child needs support to grow. A child needs support to grow. If you see the children trying to walk, first of all, they, they want to hold you. And when they hold you, you have to help them stand. That's where it starts. Sometimes they're trying to sit, they fall. And every child needs support to grow. And the support you need for spiritual growth is in the church family. That's why nobody can, no Christian can grow in a healthy manner if he's not established in a church. You have to be established in the church and be taught. There must be a place you can call your home. A place where you are taught the word of God. The Bible said, they that are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the court of our God. So you need to be established. Where is your spiritual home? Not just a place you go, they just pour oil on you, shall receive, receive. No, no, no. Sit down and be taught so that your mindset can change. They will pour oil on you, you will finish. You are still thinking like a baby. You are still pooping on yourself. That's what they were doing in Corinth. That's what they were doing. That's what they were doing in Corinth. Through membership in the church family, you learn to give love and then you learn to also receive love. We are members of one another. When someone is hurting, that's why, and, and that's why, apart from we being corporate in this level, we have also divided the church into small families so that if something is of concern to you, it can be attended to. And some of you, when they call for family meetings, you don't come. Uh-huh. So let me go back to my point. Family's day, that's when you plan a trip. You are not a good member of the family. You, can you imagine that there's a special celebration in your family? And on that day, you say, I'm going somewhere. That's wrong. That's wrong. Family is it. You see, traveling on Sundays, eh? It's not biblical. Oh, I was saying it in the first service. If you have to do it, it has to be by necessity. Necessity. In the Old Testament on the Sabbath. If you touch anything, you were stoned to death. You see, today, we are not stoned physically to death, but we allow Satan to stone us. That's why sometimes you hear somebody, a believer, something happened. Suddenly they say, ah, hey, what's going on? No, 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 no. Things don't just happen to the new creation. I said things don't just happen to what? The new creation. Things does not just happen to the new creation. No. Where you know who you are and where you are seated, Things don't just happen to you. But when you are seated in heavenly places and you are dining in low places, you are seated far above principalities, but you think that small dirty witch in your family can do you. So you are living in fear. Why won't such a person say a snare against you work? Am I communicating here? No, no, no. May the Lord help us. So the second one is what? Family. And my advice to you is that be committed to your church family. Be committed to what? Be committed. If you must grow spiritual, be committed to the church family. They, they are praying. You are, your hand is there. Everything they are doing, we are giving you are there. Not that we put you on the page, you delete yourself. Listen, when you delete yourself, we will not put you back. Because you are a spiritual baby. What I said, it has offended you. You see? Yeah. But babies take offense. At things that are designed to help them. Somebody say an amen. amen. Are you glad you are in church? Amen. And number three is freedom. Somebody say freedom. freedom. Do you know children need freedom to grow? Oh, I used to disturb my, my children pa, until I caught this revelation. I used to shout. But now I don't shout like that anymore. 
Because children need freedom to grow. They need freedom to be children. Some people come to church and the moment they come, we want them to become adults. And we do that sometimes by our attitude, repair them from church. Somebody came to church only yesterday, gave his life to Christ two days ago, one week ago. You want him to stop wearing his short skirt. Instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to work on their heart, you want to make a law, don't wear short skirt for them. So this person came and will not come back again. Am I communicating here? When a, 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 a person grows up and he knows that, no, my body is a temple of God and the Holy Spirit dwells in me. I cannot expose my nakedness anyhow. Nobody will tell him. They will dress properly. Am I communicating here at all? They will dress properly. Allow children time to grow. And listen, this, as for this one, I'm actually giving a, a very important word of advice to our church. Don't go and uh, consult anybody about the addressing. You are not the pastor of the church. I am. Yeah. If you have a problem with somebody's dress, come to me. And I will show you the problem you also have. Because when people grow up, nobody will tell them they should not be naked. You see, when you are a baby, I mean, children, when, they, when Asha goes to the bath, he's just standing there. He goes, he comes out, and he's just standing there. No, you know what I'm talking about. The moment, before I come back, I'm covered. Before I move from the bath to, I'm covered. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Why? Because I know that Charlie, ah, for cover something. <laughs> Am I communicating somebody at all? Yeah. I wrote here, I said, we need to create an atmosphere of love and freedom to facilitate the healthy growth of spiritual babies in our church. Now listen, an atmosphere of bondage, condemnation, and criticism makes it difficult for children to express themselves freely. This makes it difficult for their foolishness and childishness to be revealed so that the requisite knowledge and assistance can be given them to grow in a healthy manner. Are you with me? When your child is being foolish, allow him to be foolish. It's a stage. Praise God. It's a stage. Don't force a child to grow into your age overnight. You will disturb the child. It's a stage. It's a stage. It's a stage. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 verse 15, he said foolishness is bound to the heart of a child. Foolishness is bound. And the rod of corruption. What's the rod of corruption? The word of God. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So expose. Give the child knowledge. Let them know, listen. Listen, you are growing. You are no longer, listen. You are uh, 10. You are going to school and so. You have to learn to cover. Not that, ah, one koye ya made shower baby You see, you see, <laughs> so my advice is that let's not be too critical. Now listen, let's not be too critical and or, or and judgmental of new believers when they come to church. Let's not be critical and judgmental of negative attitudes of new believers. Let's allow the word and the spirit of God to transform them from within with time. Somebody say with time. Now listen, all church leaders, all church workers, by this, I'm sharing with you how we want the church to run. That's why this teaching I'm doing is so fundamental for the church now and our future. You have had people say all kinds of things, come with all kinds of things, comes ways and approaches how things should be done. You don't tell me how things are done. By the grace of God, I determine how things are done from the word of God. Are you here with me? Very, very important. 
The Bible says, bear you one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. And number four, we have to flow with the Spirit. Somebody say flow with the Spirit. Yeah, you have to flow with the Spirit. If you are going to grow spiritually, learn to flow with the Spirit. To defeat carnality, you must learn to follow and flow with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, listen, the Spirit of God will never lead you to do something that's wrong. He will not lead you to steal. He will not lead you to lie. He will not lead you to cheat. He will not lead you to not to give. The Spirit of God. So, me, when I hear a voice to give, I don't debate it. I don't think about it. Because Satan is not a giver. God is a giver. The Bible said, the thief comes not except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I care that you might have life. So, God is a giver. Satan is a taker. When I hear a voice telling me, give, immediately, unless I don't have it, I will give it. Because that is the voice of God. When you are spiritual, that's how you operate. You flow with the spirit. And I tell you, when you learn to flow with the spirit, amazing things happen. We are where we are today because I decided to flow with the spirit. There was something I was used to. There was something I preached. There was something I believed in for so long. But when the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and gave me clarity upon clarity, confirmation upon confirmation, I knew that the hour has come for change. And I knew that somewhere, somehow, I will encounter one or two challenges. But my mind was made up. He said, if I yet please men, I shall not be the servant of Christ. So I don't plead to please anyone. I plead to please him who called me and anointed me to preach the good news. Am I communicating here? That's key. That's key. Let's not keep people in bondage. The reason why God gave us the Holy Spirit is to liberate us. If somebody is born again genuinely, eh, every negative thing he does, the Holy Spirit talks to him about it. So, I don't have to come and stand here and be preaching hard on sin. Pastor, you are not talking about sin. These days, you are, oh, your messages, they don't talk about sin. They don't talk about sin. Listen, when the Holy Spirit lives in you, Pastor Ray, the Holy Spirit will convict you of righteousness. So, if the Holy Spirit cannot do a good job and I now have to take the place of the Holy Spirit, oh, I have missed it. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and the believer of righteousness. Doesn't even convict the believer of sin. He convicts the believer of righteousness. The Bible said, therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to live after the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Then he says, for if we live according to the flesh, Romans chapter 12, but we shall die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh. Somebody say by the spirit. Say by the spirit. By the spirit you put to death. Romans chapter 8 verse 13 and 12. By the spirit you put to death. The Holy Spirit will tell you, drop this, drop this, drop this. And by the time you drop them, everything has been put to death. By the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body we shall live. Somebody say, I'm living by the spirit. What's my advice on this point? Never delay in your communion with the Holy Spirit. Make communion with the Holy Spirit a priority. Commune. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14 the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost. Communion. Fellowship. Participation. Talking to him and hearing him talk to you. Being sensitive to the Spirit of God. Libraha, so like I say, Imbago, Sagada, Dabaha, Libraha. 
The Bible said, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. How do you get filled with the Holy Ghost? Praying with all prayers and supplications in the Spirit. Praying with all prayers. Praying with all prayers. As you pray in the Spirit, as you pray in the Spirit, you are filled and overfilled. You are filled again and again. Can somebody say an amen? That's how it happens. Let me close. My time is up, you know. Amazing. Praise the Lord. Number five, fitness. Somebody say fitness. So if you are going to overcome carnality, you need to stay fit. Somebody say stay fit. Say stay fit. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. And workers, I'll be sharing some thoughts with you when we meet. Stay fit. You have to stay fit. A lot of people are not too fit. If you climb our stairs here, you are under 40 and by the time you climb you are breathing some way you are not fit you are not fit you are not fit under 40 even if you are 45 you should not be breathing like that you are not fit the bible said but reject profane and old wife and exercise yourself toward godliness be fit that's why I said be fit somebody say be fit stay fit stay fit somebody say stay fit to defeat carnality and grow in spirituality, spiritual fitness exercises must be embraced and engaged ceaselessly. That's my point with you. Spiritual exercises, praying in the spirit, you can't stop. How you can't stop? Even if you are fornicated, when you finish, stop praying in the spirit. Am I communicating here? No, 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 no. You lie. The moment the Holy Spirit tells, reminds you, listen, what you just said is a lie. Begin to pray in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, Satan will not have a place to condemn you. The Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. But you, you let something that somebody did and you said his head is big. And after one week, that thing is still troubling. You are living under condemnation. You are not enjoying fellowship with God because you are allowing Satan to condemn you. No, 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 no. I'm in Christ. Praise God. I'm not perfect, but I'm in the one who is perfect. Praise the Lord. Am I communicating here at all? You are in. Listen, when God sees you, He sees you perfect. You know why? Because you are in Christ. And in Christ, you are perfect. Praise God. Have you been blessed this morning? So stay fit. Somebody say stay fit. And you can't stay fit. I mean, this is an age where almost everybody is doing one exercise or the other to stay fit. Some jog, some go to the gym. You have to go to the gym of the word to stay fit. The gym of prayer to stay fit. The gym of fasting to stay fit. The gym of fellowship to stay fit. So when you decide to stay in your house, Wednesday you don't care, fresh fire week you don't care, you cannot be fit like that. When we call for a long prayer meeting, three hours, two hours prayer, and you will not show up, you cannot be fit like that. You have to stay fit. Somebody say, I am fit. Have you been blessed this morning? Pastor 
Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Come on, come on, come on, come on.